So the church that I the church that I grew up in had a little bit different architecture than this one. We had the balcony, yes, but on the sides we had these kind of sloped kind of wings or whatever. And so as opposed to our church where our students sit up here, and our church I grew up in, we the student ministry folks, we sat up here uh, from where the preacher was standing. And so sure enough, I was about mm, probably eighth, ninth grade, and I was uh, doing what eighth and ninth grade boys do in church. <clears throat> praying and fast. No. Uh, now, I was messing around with my friends. I'm sure I was shooting a spitwad at somebody or hitting somebody in the head or just being a knucklehead. Something godly, I'm sure. And um, I kind of finished up doing that and I turned back around, stopped messing around, and I looked back down at the preacher and everybody's head was, of course, facing the preacher, except I could see one face that was looking right at me. My parents would sit about right there. And my dad was looking at me. And simply with a look on his face, he communicated a truth into the deep into my soul. <laughs> and it said something like this, Son, you need to get your affairs in order because I'm about to snatch your life from you. <laughs> so with no words, an idea was communicated probably better. Than, I mean, I knew exactly what was in his heart. Um, today, we do something a little differently. We can't be bothered to actually type out words. So we use these things. If I can get that to work. There we go. We use these things, right? I mean, you can't, we can't be asked to type out a whole word, so we have to use these. So what, what is this one telling us? This person is what? Very good, sad. This guy? Very good. There we go. What about this guy? Somebody just backed into his car. That's right. Oh, we need a little help. There we go. What's this guy? Sick. Oh, this guy is what? He's in love. All right. So we see this today that instead of using actual words to communicate things, because sometimes even a text doesn't get it across, we use these little emojis because we're trying to get across something without even saying words, right? So whether it was my dad's look or these emojis, there are times when we're trying to communicate things and the words may not get it done, right? So we're going to look at a couple of verses this morning that actually Sam touched on last week, and, but the beauty of God's word is it's rich. and You can like go back to the same passage every day for like a month, and God has new things for you. So we're going to dive into that. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. So go ahead and grab those. If you can, if you would, just to honor God and his word, would you stand to your feet? I'm going to read these, these words over us. So Romans 8.26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. All right, take a seat. Thanks for honoring God and his word. Well, there we go. There we go. Here's the spoiler alert. For this, if you don't hear anything else I say, this is the main point of these two, these two verses. Don't worry. Someone, there's someone praying for you. Capital S, someone. So the very, that first verse is this, and I'm going to highlight this passage in there, this part of it. It says, we do not know what we ought to pray for. We don't know what we ought to pray for. I think we've all identified with this at some time in our life. Um, so let's say, 
let's say, you know, you're trying to, to do better about giving unto the Lord and you're going you're gonna to start tithing. And then you find out that you need all four new tires or your air conditioner at your house goes out. And you're just like, oh, gosh. Okay. How about when you get that phone call from the doctor and they give you that diagnosis that maybe you weren't hoping for? What about when you get a call from your boss and they call you in and they let you know that the company's not doing well and they're going to have to downsize and your job, unfortunately, is one of the ones that's going away? Or what about, <laughs> what about when they're wheeling a loved one through the doors back into the OR? And not only can you not even pray at that time, you can't even hardly catch your breath. There are times in our lives when we are just dire need, in dire need of somebody coming alongside us, of hearing what's going on in our heart so that, that our prayers don't feel like they're just going nowhere. Or maybe we feel like, I can't even put words together to pray for this. And maybe it's not always bad stuff. Maybe, maybe it's two job opportunities and you don't know which one. Maybe it's moving. Maybe, there's a lot of things that we would go to God about and say, I don't even, I don't even know what I want. <laughs> and so here's the beauty of today's passage. It's okay. It's okay to not know the exact words. When you're praying to God, it's not a spell you're casting and you've got to get the words just right. And here's why this is really cool. If we go to verse 27, it says here, he who searches our hearts. Who is this that searches our hearts, that knows our hearts? Who is this? Well, it's God, the Father. We know this because we go to Acts 124. Right there it says for us, well, there we go. You, Lord, know the hearts of all. So we have this God who knows us. Now, there may be somebody in your life that you think, you know, I really know them pretty well. I can almost finish their sentences. For me, it's this hot lady sitting right up here. I met my wife in sixth grade. We've been married, next month will be 28 years. For the most part, and I can't remember things too well, for the most part, I don't even hardly have a lot of memories before her. We kind of know each other. I kind of know how she thinks, what she likes. I can almost finish her sentences, and the same for her with me. She knows I'm kind of nerdy. I like things really squared away. She just knows this about me. Now, this is imperfect knowledge. We do not have perfect knowledge of one another. This is what's crazy. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, actually within the whole Trinity, there is perfect unity. There is perfect knowledge. So God the Father who knows our hearts, this next thing is going to say that the Spirit is interceding. They are totally in sync and praying for us. And that's a really good truth this morning. Let's go on. There's another uh, phrase in this uh, verse 27. I think is, this is really cool. And we looked at this last week a little bit, but the Spirit intercedes for the saints. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. First of all, there is an amazing truth from God's word that says this. I, as sinful as I am, because of what Jesus did when he died and we rose again, I have access to God the Father. That is crazy town. Think about it. You don't just walk in to the president's office. You don't even walk into the president of your company's office probably. I have access to God. <laughs> That's crazy. This verse is like tacking on an awesome truth on top of an awesome truth. And it says, not only do I have access to God the Father, another part of the Godhead, the 
the Holy Spirit is actually going to go and speak on my behalf to the Father for me. This is awesome. Think about this. Think of the people in your life. And if you kind of lined them up in, the, in, in order, and the person at the front of the line was the godliest person you knew. So think of the godliest person you know in your life. Maybe it's a grandmother, a grandfather. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's somebody that was, you know, led a small group when you were a teenager. Maybe it's uh, somebody discipling you right now. I don't know who that is, but just get in your mind, who is the godliest person I personally know? That if I was like, if I had a prayer request and I could only call on one person, it would be this person. That person is imperfect. <laughs> but what if that person said to you, hey, in my instance, Chris, I'm going to pray for you every day. I'm going to take your name to the Father every day for you. Would I take that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what if that person said, hey, Chris, not, I don't even think praying for you once a day is enough because I know you. I'm going to set an alarm on my watch and every hour I'm going to intercede to the Father on your behalf. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night every hour on the hour and I'm going to pray for you to the Father. Would you take that? <laughs> yes, we all would. What if a member of the Godhead told you that? That's what this truth is. Not the godliest person you know. God is going to intercede for you. Can I get an amen? That is an awesome truth today. I mean, we could just shut the thing down right now and I'll go home and be like, that was a blessing. All right. Think of it this way also. God is interceding for me in the form of the Holy Spirit. Let's say that my phone broke. I broke my phone today. Let's say that happened. Of course, I would like freak out for a second. And then I would go by the AT&T store probably tomorrow because the Lord knows we can't go 24 hours on our phone. We'd all die. And so I would go into that AT&T store and I would have some level of confidence that when I got in there and I talked to the customer service person that they would probably help me with my need, right? I would think, I have some level of confidence. They'll help me, sure. Now, what about this scenario? What if, and this is a preacher illustration, so just go with me. What if I personally knew the CEO of AT&T? And I had the CEO of AT&T go with me into that store. And so when I went up to the person, I said, hi, I'm Chris. You don't need to know my name. This is, you know, whoever, Mary Smith or whoever the president CEO of AT&T is. Hey, could you, could you help me uh, with my phone? It's kind of broken. Do you think that my confidence level of the help that I was going to receive, that my request would be heard and acted upon if I had the president of AT&T with me? This truth should change the way you pray. That God, in the form of the Holy Spirit, is taking your request to the Father. This should just develop a huge confidence this week as you pray. Now, let's get to the last phrase here, because this may be the key. Uh, this may be the key phrase of the, of the, whole, of the two uh, verses that we're looking at today. According to the will of God. According to the will. This is huge, hugely important. What this passage is not saying is that if you're just kind of having a bad day, especially if some of that's, well, some of the things you've done, <laughs> uh, you've made support, that, that the Spirit is just going to go to the Father on everything. What it's saying is, the role of the Holy Spirit as it relates to prayer is to align you to the Father's will. Prayer is not, and the Holy Spirit is not going to help get the Father's will to bend to your will. 
Does that make sense? So think of it like this. You know, on our phones, we have this. Usually it's bad. Uh, but think of it like this. Let me give you a scenario. Let's say Joe, let's, here's imaginary guy Joe. Joe has this job. He really doesn't like his job. His boss is kind of a jerk. Doesn't, his coworkers, they just haven't connected. There's a lot of pressure on Joe. So Joe, being a faithful Christ follower, gets up in the morning, drops to his knees, and he prays a prayer that goes something like this. God, you got to get me a new job. This job is terrible. My boss is the devil. I don't really even like my coworkers. There's too much pressure. God, I know that you sent your son just so I could have a happy life, free from all suffering. So you got to act on this and get me a new job. Please, God, I want a new job. I know you want me to have a new job. Get me a new job. Here's what I think the Spirit says to the Father after Joe prays. Father, Joe's having a rough go of it at work. Unfortunately, Father, Joe just doesn't have your perspective yet. And so, Father, I ask you to give him your perspective. God, I, Father, I pray that you would give him uh, a hope. And that he would see that this job is not just about making some money for his family. Father, I know that your will for him is that he would exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. So I pray that he would develop patience and he would learn to have patience. God, I pray, Father, I pray that he would also do what, by the way, just a couple of verses later in this passage, he would be conformed into the image of your son. And God, I know that that often happens through pain and suffering. So God, that's what I pray for Joe this morning, that God, not that you would take him out of that situation, but that you would develop him and mold him within that situation to glorify you. That he would see that the reason he's at that job is not just to make money and provide for his family, but he is there to present the gospel to people and expand the kingdom and make your name famous. God, help him to understand there's, there's, a, there's a purpose behind his pain. Do you see the difference? That's what I think this passage is teaching us this morning is not that God is going to, not that the Holy Spirit's just going to go to God about everything, but that the, that the Holy Spirit is kind of this autocorrect for our prayers when we are out of alignment with what God's will really is for us. So, let's wrap this up. I just want to hit it again. The idea between these two verses that I want you to leave with this morning is don't worry. There is someone, a capital S, praying for you. So verse 26 is really talking to us about freedom. You don't need to worry about getting all the words right. You don't need to worry about thinking, well, I don't know if I should even pray if God knew what kind of week I had. And I've, I've just really sinned a lot this week. I've really walked away from God this week. I'm not even sure if I should pray because God, he's going to be upset with me. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. So there should be a freedom about this that he still wants you to pray. You may even feel like, man, my prayers are not even getting past the ceiling. I don't feel like God's even listening to me. Can I encourage you to keep on praying? Because there's someone else that's also praying. And you may not feel it, but the Spirit can pray for you. And then in verse 27, I think, brings us a lot of confidence in our prayer. I don't know if you've stopped praying about something or you only prayed about something a couple of times, but I want you just to be just enamored again with the idea that there is another member of the Godhead that will pray with me about this. And maybe you go back to God with some more confidence in your prayer, that you have someone who is incredibly important who's communicating with the king of the universe on your behalf. We've been praying all this morning. We've had times of adoration, just praising God, telling him he's awesome. We've had time when we get close to God, we praise him, we realize how great he is. 
then the inevitable next step is to realize, oh my gosh, I'm not. <laughs> and so we had a time of confession. And then when you confess your sin and then you're cleansed from that, then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for my salvation. I'm so thankful for God's mercy. So we had a time of thankfulness. So now that we've gone through that, now we want to enter into a time of, of what's called supplication. That's just kind of a seminary word for just praying for something really earnestly and with humility, like, God, please do this. And this can be about yourself and your own life, getting your life in alignment with God, or it can be for somebody else, praying that they would get their life in alignment. This is called supplication. And so we're going to enter into a time of doing that. We're going to pr put to practice what we just learned from God's word. So how this is going to work is, uh, as you can see, Holly and Justin are going to come up here and they're going to sing a song over us. We're not, they're not necessarily expecting us to sing right now. So this first song, I just want us to spend that time in prayer. And this is the time for supplication. This is the time to have freedom and confidence in going to God about whatever it is that's burdening you, about yourself or someone else. So that's what we're going to do in the first song. Uh, then I'll come back up in a second and say a little bit more. We'll sing another song and uh, we'll talk about that and then we'll close it out. So Holly, Justin. to 
Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.